But today, we have the privilege of hearing from a great speaker, but also Pine Lake Camp. He's here to represent Pine Lake Camp. Uh, Kevin Wilson is. And uh, if I, memory serves me right, fall of 2021, a church up in Minnesota, Free Grace United, purchased Pine Lake Camp. And so last year was the full first summer of camping, right? And uh, now they're entering year two under the new regime of Free Grace United. And uh, we're privileged to have them come and tell us a little bit more about camp. For us, coming out of COVID, we took that year off, and we're just trying to encourage people uh, to consider going to camp. They have great retreats beyond what the kids do. And so I'll let them talk about that. But Michelle will be in the back at the table to give you all kinds of information about the camp experience that we're getting ready to uh, take part in this summer as well. But Pastor Kevin Wilson is going to come. He's the director of Minnesota Church Planning at Free Grace United. And he also leads two of our locations as, their lead, as the lead pastor, one in Becker and one in St. Cloud, Minnesota. Let's give a warm welcome to Kevin Wilson. What an honor. It's an honor to be in the house with you. Aren't you so thankful about what God is doing in your church? You're thankful about what he's doing in your pastor's lives, in your leader's lives, in your family's lives? It is absolutely incredible that you have this amazing area to spread the gospel. And it's just been such an honor. Thank you so much, you guys, for uh, warmly welcoming both myself and Michelle in. Uh, never seen hospitality like this in, in our entire lives. In fact, uh, a gentleman named Mike actually emailed opening up his house uh, for us to possibly stay there last night. Michelle took up the offer. I had already booked a hotel, and so I feel like I got ripped off a little bit. Um, but it is such a joy and an honor. I, I've come to know a few things about this church already. Uh, I've met three Mikes and a Micah. And my, my middle name is Michael. And so I think we're going to get along just fine today. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I want to take you through just a little bit of my background real quick. I brought a picture of my family with me so that you can kind of see the squad uh, we're in this brand new um, area of life. I think I got a picture of it that you can throw up there. A brand new area of life where we have men who live in our homes. They're no longer kids. And so now I'm trying to figure out how to father other men in my home. And it's way different, y'all. I didn't realize how different it really is. Uh, working from left to right, that's obviously me, uh, the ugliest of the group. And then in the middle, you've got my 18-year-old. His name's Caden. He's actually going to be apprenticing for a construction company this summer and moving into construction. He loves Jesus. He loves working for the church. He's in St. Cloud right now, making sure that that service goes well. Right next to him is my beautiful wife that I've been married to for 23 years. Praise God. Hallelujah. She's absolutely incredible. And uh, the other day we had kind of one of these funny conversations. I said, babe, I said, um, are you going to love me when I'm old, can't grow any hair and have rogue eyebrows? And she said to me, she goes, babe, you're already there and I still do. <laughs> I said, all righty then, we're still, we're still in business. That's good. And then all the way on the right-hand side is my 21-year-old named Ethan. 
Uh, Ethan just got his real estate license, uh, doing really well with that. He also serves in the church. He's one of our main directors that runs the services. And so he told me to tell you that he wishes he could be here with you. Unfortunately, his father made him stay home to run the church. So that's a little bit about our lives. I pastor a church like Pastor Sid in Becker, Minnesota. We call it the weekend on the Wednesday in Becker. Uh, that happens at 6.30 p.m. in the evening. It's a full church service. And then on Sunday mornings, we have a 9, 10, 15, and 11.30 in St. Cloud uh, that we do. And so we've been, we've been busy amongst church planting. It seems to be all around the globe. We're part of an organization like Pastor Sid called Free Grace United. We are one church with 39 congregations, and every congregation has a live speaking pastor. And so there's someone there that actually runs the church, speaks every single week, prays with people, spends time with people in the community. And we really believe that, that God is going to be doing more than we could ever ask or imagine within the next five to ten years. I believe that there's a movement sweeping across our nation and our world right now that is historical. Amen? We've got locations in Kenya, Africa, we've got locations in Iowa, in Minnesota, in Pakistan, in Bangladesh, uh, and in Liberia. And just recently, as of last weekend, we launched a, serve, a uh, church location in Wisconsin because we know that even those that eat cheese need Jesus. Amen? <laughs> and so we did that, believing that God is going to do amazing things. So you never quite know what you're going to get, you get when you say yes to God, do you? I would have never thought I'd be right here in Iowa with all of you amazing people, but it was a simple yes that brought us together. And I got to be honest with you, I'm really thankful that we have this time and this moment together. Why don't we go ahead and take a minute and pray, and then we're going to dive into God's word, trusting God to do some amazing things in our lives. Jesus, first and foremost, we want to say thank you. Thank you for another incredible opportunity that we have to gather together. We know, Lord, that we get to gather freely, and there are places around the world that cannot gather freely, but here we are in the safety of this church, worshiping you together, not having to worry about our lives being taken. Right now, we pray for those that, that are in that kind of situation, Lord, where as they gather at any moment, they may give their lives up, and we pray for protection all over them. We pray, God, for Iowa. We pray for this nation, we pray for this world, and we just believe, God, that you are doing infinitely and abundantly more than we could ever ask or imagine. In your holy and precious name, we pray. All God's people said, amen. So, Pastor Ed left us with a key thought last week that I thought was absolutely phenomenal. It was a thought that actually kind of rocked me to my core because he hit it right on the head. He said, what will you do with the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? I mean, come on, somebody. Now, there's a thought, right? What will you do with the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? And I got to thinking about that a little bit, and I started wondering, I'm like, what could we do? And so I came up with a few ideas, and I'm going to take it right out of Matthew chapter 4. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version. You can read out of whatever version you brought with you, or you can Google it on your device if that's easiest. But Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, it says this. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers... Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you, or I will form you into fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. 
What can we do with the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Each and every single one of us in this place today has an opportunity to follow Jesus, have him form us into more of who he is, and then go fishing for other people so that they can have an opportunity to experience the same Jesus that you and I have experienced. And we know that that Jesus has transformed our lives, our families' lives, our church's lives, and our community's lives. Amen, somebody. And so he's given us these opportunities. And what I want to do is I want to go ahead and I want to walk through those three things in honor of the fact that we do have something we can do with the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The first one is follow. The idea of discipleship can really be summed up with this word, to imitate Jesus, to imitate him. In fact, to be a disciple meant that you were following a rabbi or a teacher, but the goal of a disciple was not just to follow the rabbi's teachings. It was actually to learn the way that the rabbi prayed, the, rab the way the rabbi taught, the way the rabbi served, and the way that the rabbi lived for God. And every single one of us in this room have an opportunity to follow Jesus and walk the same way that he walked and talk the same way that he talked. I love it because if Jesus tells us to stop, we just stop. Amen? If Jesus says turn left, we turn left. If, if he says go, we go, right? Some of you in this room, maybe Jesus said go a while ago and you haven't gone and you wonder why in the world you're frustrated. It might be time just to obey the green light and go. It might be time to take that step of faith. 1 John 2, 6, it says, Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. The thing that I love about Jesus is he's an all-in kind of leader, isn't he? He's an all-in kind of leader. And as followers, Jesus gives us the opportunity to go all-in. Reminds me of a story of a high-wire walker who stretched a cable across this dangerous waterfall, and he made a pass from one side to the other. And at this point in time, the crowd was cheering. They were just enjoying this amazing moment that they had to watch this high-wire walker walk across this dangerous waterfall and keep his balance. As he got to the other side, he said, Do you believe that I can take this wheelbarrow and walk it across this wire? And the crowd got ecstatic, but there was one in particular man that was right off to the right-hand side, and he said, I believe! And he got really excited, made eye contact with the high-wire walker. The high-wire walker said, you, sir, do you believe? He said, yes, I do. I believe that you can take that wheelbarrow and walk across that high-wire. He said, do you believe that I can take this wheelbarrow and walk across this high-wire at full capacity with something in it? The man shouted, I believe! He said, you, sir, I need you to come and get in the wheelbarrow, and we will walk across this high wire together. There's a difference between saying, I believe, and going all in, isn't there? And what Jesus is saying is he's saying, as a follower of Christ, as a disciple of Jesus, why don't we be a church, why don't we be a people who go all in? In if we declare him as our leader and as our forgiver, as our savior, and we say yes to Jesus and we go all in for him. Amen? See, I believe right now there's a world that is looking for people who are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who will speak truth to a world that has been lying long enough. Amen, somebody? The last couple of years have been really rough for a few people, and one of the reasons why is because they've been buying a lie of society. And Jesus is saying, I'm just looking for some people that are going to go all in to show some truth to this community so they can be brought out of those lies and experience the abundant life that I have for them. And we get to be those people, amen? 
We get to go all in. Matthew chapter 22, it says it like this. It says, Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all of your mind. With how much? All. You see that? It's all in. Matthew 4.20, when it came to the disciples that Jesus called to follow him, it says that they immediately left their nets and followed him. They didn't ask questions. They didn't say, okay, where are we going? They said, if you invited me to follow you, I'm going to go all in and I'm just going to go where you go. Aren't you excited the places that Jesus has brought you in through your life? Isn't it amazing? Some of you have stories where you know where you were before you met Jesus. And then your after meeting Jesus story is way different, isn't it? You've got that moment that Jesus lit you up on the inside and everything changed. What a beautiful moment that was. Why? Because you gave him your all. You said, I will go all in. Think about it that I love about Jesus is he's not only interested in adults. Did you know that? I mean, he loves adults. Don't get me wrong. There are a lot of adults in this room. I better step back just a minute. Maybe I need to change my sermon because <laughs> he's, not, he's not only concerned about adults. He's actually laser focused on young people. Jesus is laser focused on young people. In fact, when you look at the disciples just a little bit, a lot of times we think that the, they were these guys with these great looking beards that had it all together. But when you study culture a little bit, you find out that these disciples might be a little younger than you originally thought. When you look at history and church history, you find out that Jewish children were educated somewhere in between the ages of 3 and 13 years old. And then at 13 years old, the boys would have their bar mitzvah, the girls would have their bat mitzvah. And at that point in time, they would go and they would either apprentice for a trade or they would serve underneath a rabbi. When Jesus finds James and John in Matthew chapter 4, they were actually apprenticing with their dad, which means they could have been somewhere in between the ages of 13 and 17 years old, much younger than we originally think. Also, according to culture, it was tradition for a rabbi to appoint someone who was older over some of the younger followers. And we know that Peter was, in fact, married. He had a full-fledged, great fishing job. And according to culture, in order to pay temple tax, you needed to be somewhere, in, uh, you needed to be somewhere above 20 years old. They say 20 years old and above paid the temple tax. It was both Jesus and Peter that paid temple tax. And so we know that Peter was older, but many of the young other disciples were probably more somewhere in the age of 13 and 18 years old. Jesus was laser-focused on young people. Amen? Laser-focused. In fact, this is, this is kind of where I'm going with all of this here with this point. Jesus loves to call kids and teenagers to follow him. Amen? He loves to call kids and teenagers to follow him. Last year, we had the opportunity of watching children, teenagers, young adults, husbands, wives, and leaders experience Jesus and go back into their community and see a movement because of their experience with the Savior. 
Here's just a few things that happened last year at Pine Lake Camps, which was absolutely amazing. 73 campers crossed the line of faith and followed Jesus for the first time. Amen, somebody? 73 people that said, I choose Christ. What an amazing summer. 260 campers chose to rededicate their lives to Jesus and go all in. 19 junior high and senior high campers were baptized for the first time in their lives. 32 mostly college-age summer staff signed up to say, I want to help with the summer. And 45 summer volunteers said that we'll be here to see one more person cross the line of faith and follow Jesus, whether they're children, teenagers, young adults, leaders, husbands, or wives, they were there. Can we just take a minute and thank God for everything that he did last summer through the Pine Lake Camps? Just incredible. And we believe that this year, God is going to do all the more. I know that God is, is doing more than we could ever ask or imagine. And I'm excited along with you for all that God is doing in your city and all that God is going to do in your kids at Pine Lake Camps. Here's what a typical day at Pine Lake Camps looks like. Check this out. What's up, guys? My name is Holland. I am the assistant camp director here at Pine Lake Camps, here to show you what a typical day looks like at Pine Lake Camp Summer Camp. Let's go. So a typical day at camp starts out in our state-of-the-art cabins. And by state-of-the-art, I mean, yes, they do, in fact, have air conditioning. You'll hear the breakfast bell ring, and then you and your cabin will head straight to the dining hall, where you'll get to enjoy a delicious meal prepared by our fantastic kitchen team. Then from breakfast, you'll grab your Bible and head to the chapel because it's time for Bible Hour. Bible Hour is our morning chapel session where you'll get to do some worship and then our amazing speakers will spend some time creatively teaching you about the Bible because, hey, it's not called Bible Hour for nothing. From Bible Hour, you'll head to the event field because it's time for an all-camp game. Some of our games included kickball, tug-of-war, slip-and-slide bowling, and much more. After that epic game, you'll head to the dining hall again for another meal that will hopefully power you through a whole afternoon full of activities. There's the ropes course and the zip line, the swimming pool, of course, which always proves to be a popular favorite activity around here, archery, the game cabin, and the gun range. You can also just chill out, play some carpet ball, or visit the snack shack if you want to grab a snack to hold you over until dinner or buy some Pine Lake Camps merchandise. After dinner, you'll head to the chapel for the evening rally. These evening chapel sessions are super hype with onstage games and competitions, worship, and it ends with another powerful teaching session by one of our incredible speakers. On Wednesday nights, we have a special campfire rally where campers will get to do some worship around the campfire, and then they'll also get the chance to do something really special that you'll just have to come find out. This year, our theme is Suit Up, Fight the Good Fight. We're gonna be teaching you about the armor of God, the tools that God gives us in scripture so that we can protect ourselves as we fight the good fight. After our evening rally, you'll group up with your cabin to have some evening devotional time to discuss how God has been speaking to you while being at camp. Our counselors are so excited to be able to meet you and share their own stories of how God has changed and impacted their lives. After your cabin group time, you'll end the night with an evening campfire, of course, and what's a campfire without some s'mores? Well, there you have it, a typical day at Pine Lake Camp Summer Camp. If that looks like fun to you, head on over to our website to register now at pinelakecamps.org. I want to invite you to come spend a week in the great outdoors, learning about God, making lifelong friendships, eating amazing meals, and having a blast while doing it. I hope to see you at Pine Lake Camps this summer.
Let's trust God for some life change this summer. Amen? More and more people from your city, your community, your neighborhoods that will experience Jesus in their lives go home and their entire neighborhoods will be changed. Did you know that the world can change? A gentleman asked me that. He said, Pastor Kevin, can you explain to me how the world can change? Because I, I, I don't know if I believe that. I said, well, sir, I said, it starts within the four walls of your home. It bleeds out from the four walls of your home into your neighbor's home. Then it goes into your neighborhood. Then it goes into your city. Once it hits your city, it may hit a few more cities, and now your state changes. Once your state changes, that means that it might impact another state that's sitting right by it. Once that state changes, it might impact the entire United States, which impacts the whole nation. When the nation changes, it can go global. I do believe that the world can change, but it's going to need to start within the four walls of our homes. And Pine Lake Camp is just... Uh, another way that we can help get the gospel into homes. And so if you're thinking you'd like to register, there are some ways that you can register the QR code on the uh, insert in your program you can use. Otherwise, you can see Michelle or myself at the table after service. Also on that insert, there's some upcoming retreats with women and, and fathers and sons. You can take a look at that and see if that's something you want to do. Or if you're like, you know what, I want to help get camp ready. We would love to have you come and help us get camp ready. We have a free work day for you. Isn't that great? <laughs> a free work day for you to come, and we will feed you, and we will give you water if you work hard. And it'll be a good time together because we know that God is prepping another summer of life change. Amen? Next, in Matthew chapter 419, Jesus says this. He says, I will make you. I will make you. In other words, what he wants to do is he wants to form us. He wants to make us more and more into his likeness. How did Jesus form the disciples? Well, he invited them to come and be part of his life was the first thing. And then he sat down with them and he taught them using his words because he wanted them to be fully equipped and fully prepared for their next steps, which, let's be honest, aren't you thankful that Jesus prepared and equipped them because you and I are in this church today because they left where they were, fully equipped, listening to the word of God, and church spread throughout the nations. Amen? He fully equipped them through his word. Reminds me of a college professor. He had this weird routine. He would come into the class to give his lecture and he'd pull a tennis ball out of his pocket and he'd set it right on the podium and then he would begin to prepare the students so that their next steps could be successful. Monday went by and the professor got done with his lecture. He picked up the tennis ball, put it in his pocket and left. Tuesday came he took the tennis ball out of his pocket. He put it right back up on the podium, began to lecture because he wanted the students to be fully prepared for their next step. And then after Tuesday went by, he put it in his pocket. Wednesday came, and he did the same thing. He pulled out the tennis ball, put it on the podium, began to speak because he wanted the students to be fully prepared for their next step. Off to the left side, there was a student who had fallen asleep, and he was sleeping with his head down. Without skipping a beat, as he was teaching, the professor took the tennis ball, knocked the student right on top of the head. That student woke up, and he just continued to lecture. At that point in time, now all the students understood why the professor had a tennis ball that he dropped off on the podium. Thursday rolls around, and the professor comes walking into the class. He reaches into his pocket, he pulls out a baseball, and sets it right on the podium. 
You see, he needed the students to be alert, ready to receive what he was preparing them for. Amen? And what Jesus is telling us today is he's saying, I want to form you through my word, but you must stay alert, learn it, and apply it so that you can live the life that he has for you. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If you are a believer in this house, you are a servant of God that he is thoroughly equipping you today. It doesn't matter if you're the youngest person in this room or if you are the wisest person in this room. He is thoroughly at work forming you right now. In fact, why don't you turn to the person sitting next to you and say, he's forming you. You see, we're living in a, a day and age where biblical illiteracy is at an all-time high. It's at an all-time high. In fact, Gen Z, which are mostly children of millennials, don't even have an idea of what's in this book. They have no idea. They don't have any clue. Some of us in the church could get pretty depressed and down about that, but you know what I see? I see an opportunity. I see, I see the fact that we are positioned for one of the greatest revivals our, our world has ever seen because we get to pull out what we've learned and simply teach the basics to people and watch as their spirit illuminates and their lives are changed, their families are blessed, and their community grows stronger and stronger because of what's written in God's word. Amen, somebody. Are you ready to see your city change? Pull the word of God out and just share some basics because they have no idea what those are. Many of them don't even know what the cross means. We are positioned for an amazing opportunity because of the illiteracy that people have about the Bible. Now, you and I, we study it daily. Why? Because we know that that's how we leave thoroughly equipped, right? We don't walk out the door without being ready for war, right? We're locked and loaded, ready to go. Let's take that and let's share that with our neighborhood. Now, we got really excited about this because we're like, all right, if in fact we have a lot of people that don't even understand scripture, maybe it would do us good to start a Bible college, right? I mean, after all, we just need a little bit more work. Aren't you excited when you start piling things on your own plate? So that's what we did. We started a Bible college, and right now we've got three locations in the Bible college so that people can be equipped and understand the Word of God. The first one is in Elk River, Minnesota. The second one is in Eldora, Iowa. The third one is one that is actually global. We broadcast, and it goes around the world. And we have an online study available. Students anywhere in between the ages of 17 and however else old, if you got a heartbeat, you can go to the Bible college. <laughs> Classes are one night a week from 6.30 to 8.45. Currently, we have over 85 USA students registered. Michelle, do you know the final number at all? It's over 85 students in the United States that are already enrolled. We have a one-year program that is the Bible Diploma, and here's what that offers. A study through the entire Bible and also the 10 basic doctrines of faith. The second year, if you like Bible college, the first year, you can go back a second year and get your associate's degree in church leadership and ministry. 
And it's at this point in time, we, we prepare you for leadership, not only in your church, but in your community. And if you feel like God is saying, you know what, Pastor Kevin, I feel like the Lord put a calling on my life to start a church. We equip you so that when you go start a church, you know you're not a silo on your own, but you have 39 other locations pushing with you so that that city you feel called to can have an impact of the gospel. If you know someone who may benefit from going through the Bible college, send them. Maybe it's you today and you're like, you know what, I could use a little bit more. We invite you to enroll because all we want to do is make these words more known. Amen? One little ad lib that I almost skipped over. I missed it the first church that I preached at, but I'm not going to miss it on this one. If you decide that you want to work at the camp for the nine weeks during summer camp, you get free tuition for your first year to Bible college. And so uh, that's just a little, little honey in the comb, I guess, as they would say. Sweet deal. Another thing that Jesus wants us to do is to fish. He wants us to fish. <laughs> Amen. I found the fishermen. I found the fishermen. What do we do with the reality of the resurrection of Christ? We go fishing. We go fishing. How many of you know that life is short, eternity is long? Life is short, eternity is long. There's a third in the Wilson family. I was given a daughter named J.C. Grace. J.C. was born with muscular dystrophy with Marison's deficiency. She had a hot pink wheelchair. She was wittier than anybody in this room. She could make friends so quickly. I have a picture of her in school, and she loved her friends. She was holding one friend's hand on one side and the other friend's hand on the other, and, and J.C. realized that, that she couldn't move because she needed a hand to drive the wheelchair, but she didn't give a rip. She wanted to love people. We'd go into Target, and there were many times that <laughs> J.C. would take off, and, and you'd hear me like, Daddy, catch me, Daddy, catch me. And I'd be running through the aisles at Target by people. And she made friends with all the Target staff. Everywhere she went, she impacted lives. And we had an honor of having JC in our household for seven years. May 6, 2016, God called her home. You see, she couldn't jump, dance, twist, or twirl on this planet. But that little girl went running in the arms of God, jumping, twisting, twirling. And now she's on streets of gold. And I can't even imagine how many friends she's made in heaven. Life is short. Eternity is long. Life is short. Eternity is long. The best investment that we could make as believers is right inside of our home. We want our family to all be in heaven with us. Amen? 
And once we recognize that that's important, we realize that God gives us a little bit more boldness to be able to go into our city and go fishing. Amen? I got a brother-in-law. He's a fisherman. He gets this look in his eye. Any other fisherman, you go fishing, you get that look in your eye? Oh, I've seen it. I've seen it. I got a brother-in-law that he's allowed me to get on, allowed me to get on his boat. All right, come on in. And so as soon as I step onto the boat, he says, my name is Captain Ben, and I will get us on fish. <laughs> and did you know that that man will get you on fish? And you will fish with a smile the entire day. There is a look in his eye. There is a look in Jesus' eye when it comes to fishing for people. He will get you on fish. Amen? You see, there was a look in Jesus' eye for a blind beggar that everyone else in the city wanted to silence. But Jesus stopped and looked at the blind beggar. Why? Because he went fishing. He healed the blind beggar and said, today's your day. And the man went with sight. There was a lame man who was sick for 38 years and everybody else would watch him at the same side of the pool at Bethsaida. But in comes Jesus and there was a look in his eye and he went right to the man laying by the pool and he said, today, sir, is your day. Pick up your mat and go. And that man went walking. Why? Because Jesus went fishing. There was a woman who was dragged out in the middle of an act that everyone in the community detested. And while everyone was blaming her, when everyone was judging her, there was Jesus. And Jesus went up to her and said, today your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Jesus went fishing and someone got set free. You see, we go fishing. History is made in the sending, not the staying. In 1970, there was a man with the last name Shimano that came out with the Shimano fishing reel. The interesting thing about this is that Shimano wasn't even a fishing company. Shimano specialized in bike sprockets. But Shimano was like, you know what I want to do? I want to make some fishermen's day with the best reel they've ever had. And so he designed a reel that if you're a fisherman, you know the Shimano reel. And not only that, but a lot of other companies ripped off that design because it was so amazing. What Shimano could have done was he could have kept that reel for himself and gone, oh man, I've got the best reel in the world. This is all for me. But see, history is made in the sending. And what Shimano did was he packaged up that reel and he distributed it. He sent it throughout the world. Why? So other fishermen could experience the Shimano design. You and I, we have the Jesus design. The Bible says that he knit you together in your mother's womb. The needle was precise. You are designed exactly the way that he made you on purpose for a purpose. He made me five foot six and I've gone back and forth with Jesus about why. And he said this, he said, sir, I'm paraphrasing, but it sounded like this. Sir, the reason why is because you're a preacher. Everybody else is sitting down. You're standing up, 
but you're the same height as everyone sitting down, blasting them with the word of God. That's why I'm 5'6". You're welcome. There you go. We have the design. History is made in the sending, and I believe that 2023, history is going to be made, and the gospel is going to advance more than it ever has. Amen? Amen. What a year this is. So what do we do with the reality of the resurrection of Christ? We follow, we allow him to form us, and we go fishing. Amen, somebody? I want to close with these two verses, Matthew 28, 19. It says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. There's a follow-up verse to that, verse 20, that I read this morning. It said, And I will be with you wherever you go. We're fishing with the king fishermen. We're in the right boat. And Jesus is going to fill the boat. Amen? Amen? Mark chapter 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. So today, why don't we go ahead, join together in prayer, and trust God for the amazing next steps that he's prepared and equipped us with. Jesus, right now we slow down, we stop, and we receive from you. We open up our spiritual ears to hear what it is that you desire us to hear. We open up our spiritual eyes to see what it is that you desire us to see. And we open up our hearts to receive whatever you want to pour into our lives. We know that you have placed us in this part of Iowa to go fishing. There are many more people out here that, that they want to follow you, but they just need a few fishermen. And so I pray a blessing over this church. I pray a blessing over the pastors and the leaders. I pray a blessing over the band, the moms, the fathers, the people that are all throughout this building. I pray, Father God, that you continue to show us where to go and where to fish. We love you. We thank you. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, and we give you all the praise. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.